Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. We're all familiar with the common trope of the Hollywood miscreant, the star who lives a little too large and causes a little too much damage to themselves and usually the physical space and people around them, and yet are still seemingly, perhaps mystifyingly, beloved by their public. Randomly Specific Theater's production of Koalas Are Dicks takes a cute little marsupial from down under and turns him into that enfant terrible. I spoke with a few members of the team after a recent performance. Take a listen. Uh, I do like to start with everyone's name on the mic. Welcome to the podcast. Say who you are and what you did on the show. Uh, my name is Larry Phillips, and I am the playwright, and I am also in the show. And I'm Ben Liebert, and I directed the show. And what is the show? I'm going to make you guys say the title. It's called Koalas Are Dicks. Koalas Are Dicks, yeah. It's true, Koalas Are Dicks. But why would you write a piece called Koalas Are Dicks? Tell us what the show is. Sure. And what inspired you to make this? Sure. It uh, it came to me a few years ago, and it's based, uh, the idea came from the Charlie Sheen meltdown on Two and a Half Men, where, if you recall, he walked off set and did some really weird shit. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay, please. there you go. I should have asked first. If you, if you guys want to shout winning at any point, you're very welcome to. Um, that inspired it. Um, and um, I also really wanted to do an ensemble-based comedy. So uh, it's six people, but it takes a little while to get all six in the room. But once you get all six in the room, nobody really ever leaves. Uh, so it was based on that. And I personally just always am a fan of anything that is like a behind-the-scenes um, whether it be like a 30 Rock or uh, Noises Off. Um, so that's kind of my little tip to that. So I said, okay, we have an Australian in our theater company. He's always complaining that he has to do an American accent. <laughs> I love that you wrote it to him. That's oh, really absolutely, cool. absolutely. I was like, okay, I'm going to give Pete an opportunity to use his natural accent. Was, it there, was there any sort of like, hey, Pete, yeah, you get to use it. But by the way... You're playing a marsupial. Uh, was there any like were you like jabbing at him or no, was it just no, like no, no. For fun? Absolutely not. Um, actually, I wrote it and did about two or three drafts before I even showed them. Um, so, and I think he was on board pretty soon, right away. Actually, he's joining us now. Hey, hey hi there. Welcome. There's now an Aussie. Hi <laughs> <laughs> There's a koala that's just joined us. Uh, just kidding. So, your um, can you say your name? Yes, my name's Peter Buck Detman. Uh, I'm a producer on the show, and I play Brody the koala. Excellent. All right. So, um, this so you're you're developing this thing, and uh, you are is everyone like company. Uh, of randomly specific, is not necessarily. Kind of a... Right now, uh, randomly specific uh, consists of three of us: uh, myself, Pete, and Phoebe Leonard, who's also Australian. So I am the only American. <laughs> but you didn't let her speak in her accent. No, <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> All right. So um, this show has okay. So this is an independent theater podcast. So I do like to talk about you know a little bit of like behind the scenesy sort of yeah. stuff. Um, this is the third time this has been up, right? Second. Second time. Um, talk to me about like the process of moving. Like, where did it start, and what got you to Theater Eighty? Um, so we uh, we did this last year uh, at uh, Theater Fifty Four at Shetler. Um, again, a very different space, uh, and to the I think. That run was successful. Um, you know, with a new comedy, you don't know if it's going to work till you get an audience. And we got an audience, and it was a really good response. And we're like, okay, great. There's really something here. And uh, I think it was mostly Pete and Phoebe's bug to say, hey, let's 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 keep this sucker going. 
Yeah, so Phoebe and I have uh, an existing relationship with the theatre. She works the box office, I work in the bar here. Oh, great. Uh, and we approached the Howard Otway and Florence Otway Opportunity Project, a fantastic organisation uh, who helped us out with a grant to secure the venue uh, because, as I'm sure your listeners are aware, the most difficult part of funding any kind of performance in New York is simply the astronomical prices of venue hire. So they were terribly helpful and have been a great introduction to the sort of local community as well. Excellent. That's really good to hear that there was, you know, good, it's good to hear there's more support out there for getting yeah. people involved. So um, back to the show itself, which is, uh, I don't want to get back to this whole, like, we, we never actually did this. This is my favorite question on the podcast to ask, like I do it all the time. What is your, like, pitch when you tell people, come see the show, what are you telling them they're coming to see? I, I didn't ask that question. Well, our tagline is uh, a comedy about terrible people and the koala who supports them. And it's literally that. It's about terrible, horrible, narcissist people, Hollywood. And, and oh, this takes place in L.A. Yes. Uh, no. yeah. um, it, it, it is a very strange, broad, broad, broad comedy. And um, I think that's the, the best pitch we can give for it, honestly. Yeah, it's it, the story of a drug and sex addicted koala navigating the Hollywood celebrity system. Yeah, the, there's that element of fantasy that, there that's right off, the, right off the bat that you get struck by. At first it's like, oh wait, this is a child actor? Oh no, it's actually a... Because there's the nine-year-old thing that you throw oh, out, yeah. which is like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Uh, this is getting really dark. But it, it goes to those dark places, but it has this sense of the unreal on top of it that lets you... This, do you find as a as theater artist that that level of ridiculous lets you go further? Oh, I definitely think so. It's it's. I mean, the play as as Larry's written it. It as much as there are just uh, jokes about ridiculous things that happen in Hollywood. It really is sort of an indictment about that search for fame and the and the studio system and sitcoms and 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 how we all love them. But they, for me, it gives me a little bit of a, a creepy feeling. Um, so by by making this lead character a koala, it, it gives you just a little. It's distance, just absurd yeah. enough and a little distance to be able to really give it a solid send up. And he's the one who gives us the the best send up of this whole bullshit system that we uh as the audience sustain uh he he yeah there's a lovely a irony that the koala is yeah. the only one who really seems to understand how worthless what they're doing is in their industry uh and uh, just it's it is very liberating that the fantasy element you mentioned before you know being a six foot tall dude playing a tiny koala <laughs> lets you, you know, if the audience follows you on that, they're with you. I didn't believe you. I don't believe you're six feet. Like, yeah, you, <laughs> you very much inhabit that little, that little creature as you're going around. Um, the stage uh, that, whoa, it's already gone. That's impressive. Um, so we've got another, another show, show in coming in, half in an hour, yeah. which is really cool. So um, that's, that stage is very, um, very packed. Um, and gives you a lot of room for comedy. Uh, I, I think yeah. that's probably why, but talk to me a little bit about your design process and, and what you were doing. It, there's so many gags that mm -hmm. the set allows for, the props allow for. Is that something that you write in, or did you guys find this together throughout your process? I would say it's about 50-50. Yeah. Um, there are absolutely things in the script, and then there's things that Ben found in, in directing. Um, I, I think that, you know, last time the space was like a long hallway. Um, and so this time we have a more traditional proscenium space. We have the width, which allowed us to have a more 
typical hotel room, um, which means we actually get to have all the doors on stage and windows and all the furniture. And it was important to me that that we weren't it wasn't in an abstract place. This the the show is needs to be very specific Hollywood, so we need to be in a very specific uh, hotel. Um, the place is trashed. Well, you can't have a little bit of trash. You have to have a lot of lot of trash. Yeah. Um, and there's there's and we come into the play after he's been on a bender for a couple days. So there's everything is there. Um, I I have to say I am one for you know a prop for a fantastic gag and and but I think the play earns that. Um, and it's all supported in the debauchery that's been happening. It doesn't. It also, I think the play doesn't only earn it. I think it demands it. Uh, it, it, it there's so much that wouldn't, I don't think would fly without the visual component. And it's funny because I was thinking as I was watching it that, and maybe I don't mean to project, and so like don't hate me Go on for this. Go But <laughs> it, there's something of like the actual thing that you're lampooning that you're including on stage. Like, 100%. It kind of, these are the characters in a traditional, almost like we're following those archetypes of those characters that we would find in these terrible sitcoms, right? You know, my, my hope is honestly that you will find as many horrible groan-worthy jokes in the show that you would find on maybe a CBS sitcom as clever jokes that you would find in maybe a Netflix sitcom. <laughs> right down to the characters. You yeah. know, like that you have the agent who's the, the straight man. You have the, you have the, like, I don't know enough about television theory or like how Chuck Lorre puts together shows, those terrible, yes. god-awful mm -hmm. shows that he puts together. Yes. But you can see those archetypes in mm -hmm. your archetypes, right. which was really like a fun kind of simulacra of what you're lampooning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a formula to sitcoms and there's a formula to, you know, a good play, um, and I think it's this is a this is a really cool marriage of them. Um, it gives us a lot to work with, and I think there's you know there's a reason we play sitcom music in the pre-show. There's a reason that the sitcom that he's actually on has an element in the show. It's and and even better here at Theater 80, we're in a space that is much more of a traditional set that would be on a sitcom. And right? it kind of feels like we're providing your laugh track. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what I was thinking about as we were going through. Um, so uh, let's talk about the company a little bit. Sure. Um, randomly specific, uh, great name. Thank uh, you. <laughs> this is the first time I'm seeing any of your work. Is this, uh, is this typical of what you guys do, or is this... Um, an outlier like what what is this the... is pretty much in our wheelhouse i'd say yeah i mean this would technically be our sixth no f yeah sixth production of five plays this is the first play we've ever taken to a bigger house afterwards um hopefully we might do more of that but we might also go back and scale down and then see what deserves we'll see how to much have a lot of is. a lot of money <laughs> thrown at it um but yes um we've done uh, like i said so um uh, this is definitely our wackiest of the plays that we yeah. produce easily, easily. Um, but geez, you got to get somebody on one of those sitcoms so that they can it. start like throwing, <laughs> sending you all that money mm -hmm. back. Yes, yeah. and yes, uh, yes, you can right. support your theater habit as per your character. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked that. Uh, yeah, there was there's a lot, um, a lot of terrible truths <laughs> that come out uh, throughout the course of the play. Um, anything anybody wants to add? Well, I just think that terrible truth thing is, I mean, that's what makes good comedy, right? It's the truth. It's the honesty of it. Even yeah. as absurd as it is that you have a koala who can speak and the audience can understand him and nobody else can, uh, that, that everyone is being truthful. They're just competing with each other and being crappy to each other. And that's what makes it funny. Come and see how funny it is. We are at Theater 80 St. Mark's. Uh, show runs through... The 24th is our final performance, Wednesdays through Saturdays at 7 p.m. Brilliant. Tickets and more information can be found at... 
www.koalasadicks.com. I'm really glad that the man with the Aussie accent said that. <laughs> um, thank you all so very much. Very fun show. And uh, break some legs. Thank you so thank much. You. Thanks so much, Sorry. Robert. Thank you. Thank you, Peter, Ben, and Larry, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Randomly Specific Theater's production of Koalas Are Dicks at Theater 80 St. Mark's, 80 St. Mark's Place in Manhattan, through February 24th, 2018. Head to com for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please give it a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. Until next time, go see a show. Bam, bam. Thank you. Yeah. That was awesome. Sorry, thank, that was thank you. Like-